Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Rail and Ramble, your podcast destination for all things conversation. I'm your host, Jay. So, guys, this is a follow up to my podcast last week about cat Facebook and paying it forward. Um, as I told you during that podcast, we had an issue of some abandoned cats, kittens, um, in my area, and they've just been loitering around, lingering around, and, you know, it it was posing uh, a safety hazard for them, and and just, um, I felt sorry for them, yeah? So, I did some research, as I said, just to find out, one, what could be done about these poor cats. Here's what I found. First, the shelter in my town is a kill shelter. That was upsetting for me to learn. Apparently, they will hold an animal for up to 72 hours. Up to, right? That's like three days. Up to 72 hours. And the woman said, providing that the animal is healthy and fit and does not have any uh, behavioral issues, that animal can be moved over to their adoption um, agency facility. So it's a separate location um, where the animal can be moved over to adoption. I was like, okay. Uh, If there's something wrong with the animal, if it's sick, injured, whatever, they will put the animal down if it is not picked up or, um, you know, spoken for within that 72-hour period, but it can be sooner, uh, depending on the circumstances. So that was sad because, I mean, 72 hours before you put an animal down, it's it, it just, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I'm, like, not using words because it, the emotion is um, more powerful than anything I can, can say right now that there's got to be a better way of, of handling this. I mean, what are you getting, a mass flux of random stray animals every day and you have to like get rid of them so quick to keep um, room in your facility like there's such a turnover of wild or or feral animals turning up that you just have to kill them within three days you know it just seems obscene to me like a little bit much I I don't see how that's uh, a possibility or problem that's being had um, in this area they have such a rampant animal population that putting them down every three days is what's, you know, saving the town, right? So that was upsetting and disappointing. So I did ask, okay, if an animal has moved over to your adoption uh, agency or facility, how long are they able to stay there? She said, well, we don't um, euthanize uh, an animal just to make room at the shelter, if that's what you mean. I'm like, yes, that is what I mean. Um she said, but there are times that we stu- still do euthaniz- euthanizations. And um, I said, well, what's the qualification for that? Like, what causes you to still euthanize if you're not doing it to make room? She goes, you know, um, injury or age. Um, she goes, and there can be other factors as well. And of course, I said, so what are the other factors? And to which she could not give me an answer. So which, again, that led me to think suspicious-minded me. Um if it's too crowded, you're going to put them down. That's my thought. So then I thought, well, let me look. Let me Google in my area. Maybe there's um, a true no-kill shelter uh, that can be 
contacted to, you know, to take in these, these cats. The closest no-kill shelter for me is like seven states away. Seven states. The closest. There, there is one other guy. He's like, um, hmm. he's a state away, but even being a state away, that's about a good, you know, five-hour drive for me. This within the state away that he's in. Um, but he's not like a facility, right? Or, or an established business. He is just a guy who happens to have land, you know, um, and a farm (laughs) and he is taking in as many animals as he can. Now it's, that's a noble cause. and, And I think that's wonderful that he is trying to do that. My question is, you start worrying about the animal safety. One, you can't certainly provide for all of these animals and then uh, also maintain their safety because they're, they're animals of all types there, right? So it is possible that some animals going to get neglected or bullied or attacked or abused or just fallen through the cracks or, you know, carried off into the woods by another large or wild animal. So... I'm not really sure if if that's the best um, avenue to go. I appreciate what he's doing. I think it's fantastic that he's saving lives. But that can easily turn into a hoarding situation, right? You've seen it where people start with one or two cats and their cats have cats and those cats, cats have cats and those cats, cats, cats have cats. You know, one of those things and then just a cat explosion or a rabbit explosion, you know, any animal that can breed quickly and deliver, you know, it just manifests. And then there's the sickly ones. There's ones who's not getting food or or there's not enough food to go around. There's feces everywhere. It's just really foul and, and unhealthy for the animal, unhealthy for the person running it. And it's stressful because they feel obligated and they don't want to let one of them go because they're afraid of what's going to happen. And that's why they have this place as a sanctuary. So, you know, it's, it's a vicious circle of a round robin of um, you mean well, but then um, the situation can get out of control. So as appealing as he was in some sense I did not think it was the best place for the cats and that and that in sense at least it's only four of them here um for now and um you know they're, they're surviving the best that they can and um at least they're not overrun by other animals and uh, diseases which can spread amongst groups of animals very quickly and things like that so that's it and that is sad so it's either the kill shelter, <coughs> excuse me, or or they get adopted out, right? And they move to the adoption uh, side of things. Um, or, you know, they get driven five hours away to the guy out there in Virginia. And uh, no, I, I, I don't think that's that's a good idea. So these cats are still where they are right now, which is lingering around in our driveways and on our land. And here's the thing. I actually have not seen the cats since I, I posted um, the podcast last week. I, I will say I have not seen them since, um, I think, Friday. Thursday night. Thursday night was the last, last sighting of one. 
because we were prepping to go camping, as I shared with you guys uh, over this past weekend. We went camping. And so one of the cats, the same one, the the one who I thought was so cute with the, the gray ears and, and the black spots, it was hanging around in, in the driveway um, as we were taking things back and forth uh, into our camper and uh, our RV. And... Um, I kept hoping, like, oh, don't run into the RV and please don't sleep under the RV or or anything like that because Lord knows that would be the last time we would ever see you again, (laughs) you know? So um, I have not seen them, though, so I don't know if perhaps my neighbor has finally made arrangements for them. I haven't seen her either, so I don't know if she's she's home or not. Maybe she's gone away on uh, a little bit of a getaway herself. Um, but I have not seen her, um, so I can't ask her, you know, what's the status of the animals. But um, no, I haven't seen them. So hopefully, fingers crossed, they did find a home. You know, this is what I'm hoping. I hope they found a home. I hope that they are, are safe or um, they've been taken in somewhere by someone. Like I said, across the street is a, a farm of cows. And I don't know, maybe they took the leap and gone across the street and, you know, into the barn areas out over on that side, wherever the the cow owners are. And maybe they've been, you know, taken in there because they always need um, cats to handle mice and other things. Even the little garden snakes, you know, the cats are good to keep away. So another reason why I wouldn't mind keeping one around because we do get little snakes out here, which I am not a fan of at all. Like, at all. But um, they still need a place to go and during the winter and stuff. And it's not fair me, fair for me to want to use them to per, uh, patrol and, and um, maintain the perimeter of my house uh, from the unwanted things of snakes and mice. Um, if, in fact, you know, I'm not giving it shelter or something. I think that's not right. So, um, yeah, I have to... Uh, I have to track her down and see if maybe she can give me an update and hopefully I'll be able to give you guys more information. But um, I said I would get back to you on it and I am. And um, yeah, it makes me sad. It makes me sad because like there's no progress really. The only progress you know is that you can't have the progress you wanted because um, it just doesn't work like that uh, apparently. And it's, um, this is a, I feel like, a very sad and dumb problem to have. Like, why is there not a place for me to be able to call for these animals to be picked up and fed and provided for and given the opportunity to live? They're young animals, um, still able to be trained, not damaged in any way by mistreatment from what I could tell. They're very friendly. Um, so this would be the perfect opportunity for you know them to be picked up and loved and adopted. Yet... You have to go through the the animal shelter people because it's not like you can just go straight to the um, the adoption agency part of it. You have to go through the animal shelter and they have to do the evaluation and it's left up to them. And then once you turn these animals over to the shelter, it's not like you can just take them back like, oh, I don't like what you're saying. or I don't look how, I don't like how you're eyeing up, you know, the cats. Uh, I'll take them back. You know, once you call them. They take over, you know, the county, the government, they take over and then they whisk them off and you really just don't know what happens to them. You hope for the best, um, but then you don't know. So 
there should be a better way to to um, give safety, sanctuary, and security to abandoned animals. Um, and here's something else I learned that was disgusting. I'm a big fan of the Dog Whisperer. I love Caesar Milan. I think he's fantastic. Um, and I was watching some reruns a uh, couple weeks back. And it didn't, like, trigger me until now with the situation. But on one of the episodes, he was actually in Washington, D.C., and he was doing a march. I didn't even know this was happened or existed. I don't know how many years ago this was. But it was a bit ago. And he brought up a point. I mean, I was passing the TV, so it was playing in the background, right, as I was doing housework. And then I heard him say, yes, our tax dollars pay for the euthanization of animals. And it stopped me dead in my tracks. Excuse me now, what's this? What's this? What's this? Our tax dollars pay to kill animals. And that really messed me up. That like really, uh, yeah, you know, stabbed me in the heart a bit because I've had to euthanize an animal before. I have had to do it for medical reasons that there was no recovery. There was no um, way my dog was going to bounce back. He had a massive tumor in his belly. He was, it was, it was the size of a football. No kidding. It was the size of a football. I don't even know how this thing got so big and so quick, but it was so big. It was pressing on his kidneys and his stomach and his intestines. Like it was just filling up his stomach. And the only reason I knew he was even ill because he just kept going. Like there was nothing on his beautiful black, uh, Labrador, uh, German shepherd mix, beautiful dog. Um, short-haired. His name was Butch. He was uh, just stunning. Black like midnight. Beautiful. Um, sweetest animal. Very timid though. Um, he could not abide a thunderstorm. But either way, only reason I knew Butch was ill was because I was walking him one day and he peed and it was just nothing but a river of blood. Um, and I rushed him right to the vet and, you know, they had told me what was going on after x-rays and um, we didn't know it was cancer until... Um, you know, blood work and things came back a few days later, but, you know, she had given me meds and things to keep him comfortable, but she said it's only a matter of time. She goes, we can treat him, um, you know, medically to keep him comfortable. She goes, but eventually it's going to come to a point where, you know, we have to, um, think of long-term options for him. Either we do the surgery, um, to try to remove it, um, but then there's the risk that it could have now attached itself to some of his organs um, or engulfed some of the organs. She goes, it was hard to tell on the x-ray. She goes, I really won't know uh, what I'm dealing with until I get inside. And um, if that's the case, I want your permission to be able to put him down if it's if there's no way he's going to um, be able to recover. Uh, to which I said, absolutely not, because... There's no way I'm going to let you euthanize my dog. And I haven't had a chance to say goodbye. I'm at the office and you call me and say that you did the surgery and, and it was just too bad. So you put him to sleep. No, he's not a piece of, you know, nothing that you could just discard with without me being present. So I said, what's my other option if we just do the surgery and, you know, that's it. Like you don't put him down. She said, well, the risk also there is I could go in and 
Uh, it could be so extensive that he might not recover from the anesthesia and all those things because he was older at the time. He was about nine years old then. Um, so she said he might just pass, you know, on the table anyway. Um, so then I just said, no, let's treat him with medication and then um, let's keep up regular appointments and things like that. And if it gets to a point where he's getting too weak or too much pain or too much you know, stuff is going on and we cannot control it anymore. Is there any way to, yeah, she actually was able to give me a steroid to help um, shrink some of the size of the tumor. So it wasn't pressing on his organs as much. So he was, he was definitely happier in getting around. He didn't have any more urine in his blood and things, but, um, you know, I knew I was on borrowed time. And so when it came time to um, set him free, Right. Um, I did that and I went with him and, and we had the procedure and that was the most horrific experience I've had to go through because he was the best he'd ever been that day. I mean, running, happy, smiling, playing like a pup, rolling around on his back and shimmying like they do and snuffing and, and you know, just rubbing his head all in the carpet. He was just living the best life he could then. And the whole while I'm driving, I'm looking at him in the rear mirror and he's just smiling. And I mean, I cried the whole, I mean, the whole time I could cry right now, uh, talking about it. And I had to go and, and, and put him down, but I knew this was just a moment of happiness because that pain was still going to come and, and that discomfort was still going to be there. And yeah, I put him to sleep. And I say that to say that that's a painful, horrible experience anyone has to go to go through, but you do it because you love them, right? When there is no other choice. But to find out that my tax dollars are being used to euthanize just animals I don't even know, animals who may not be sick, animals who are just lost or, or have not been claimed. Um, it just it, it makes me, I am actually crying right now, actually. Um, you can't help but cry about it. And it just felt like such a betrayal to know that you're not even telling the people, like, I don't know how many people in this country know that your, your money, I, I don't even know what else, because now I'm like, what else is my money being used for that I don't know about? Uh, your money is being used to put down animals. Um... I'm sure it's also being used, right, to, to, to fuel the death penalty, if you think about it. Um, it's just, uh, it's very hard. So now learning that back then when Caesar said that, I was like, oh, that's messed up and, and that's sad and that hurt me. But now having to deal with the situation that, hey, if these poor cats get picked up, that's where they're going. And guess what? You have paid for it. I will have been a contributor to these animals, let alone how many others have already gone um, and been euthanized by my county and by my government. And uh, that's just sickening and disgusting to me. So that's where we are, my friends. Um, it is a disappointing development. Um, I... I'm sad to report it, to share it, to not have better news, but I'm hoping, hoping, hoping because I haven't seen these little ones that um, somehow they did find a home or they've been taken care of um, and not sent off to a very dismal demise. So all I can say is encourage people you know 
who have pets, please get your pets spayed and neutered if you're not going to be a responsible breeder. Um, and to make sure that if you do breed, you know, that you educate the people that who are, you know, obtaining your animals that, you know, they need to be spayed and neutered because then the animals, they're going to do what's natural to them, which is mate, right? They don't know about all the structures of, you know, the animal population and things running over and how things can become a nuisance. And hey, if there's too many of you, you're going to be put out on the street. And if you're on the street, then, you know, you're going to be snatched up and abducted. And then um, they're going to dig the the needle into your arm. You know, you don't know how to communicate that to an animal. So the only thing you can do is help them by getting them fixed. Um, You protect them and you protect yourself and, you know, the population. And more importantly, uh, it is true. I used to think it was a wives' tale when people would say, you know, you should get your your, uh, dog neutered and things like that or spayed because, especially for the females, you know, um, they'll get cancer. And they'll get cancer of the uterus if you don't do it. And I used to think that was a bunch of malarkey, a bunch of crap, you know. Um, but it's true. It is true. I, as I said to you, we had a, a female pit, a beautiful girl. And um, I had never gotten her fixed because why? I'm not irresponsible with her. I'm not letting anyone jump all over her. My my girl was a virgin. I've never allowed anyone to touch her in that way. I thought that was, I just couldn't, I could never do it. She was too precious and pure to me, you know? I mean, flip side, maybe I was cheating her out of some, some wonderful days of her life. But, you know, when you love your animal, you love your animal. There was no way anyone was going to touch her like that. My point is, she was my innocent baby. I was never going to allow anyone to violate her in that way. But my mistake of being uneducated in this area was that it's true when the uterus is not used to um, carry pups, it can start to turn on the animal. Um, and so it would be infected and <clears throat> just start to uh, deteriorate, which can, you know, cause radical cells and that can turn into cancer and um whilst she did not get cancer she did have um some tumors uh, that we did have to remove um and then we took the uterus as well because it would have led to a more serious condition so and she did have to get a little bit of a mastectomy as a result which means she lost like two nipples but still she was in tip-top shape afterward but it's true. If you don't fix them, um, it can lead to cancer. So uh, you heard it here. It is true. Please make sure you take care of your animals um, and get them fixed because it is really, you know, saving their lives in more than just one way. And any future animal that you could bring into this world, um, you're saving them a world of hurt and pain by getting your animal fixed to to prevent overpopulation and overcrowding and and people just being terrible to animals or in, or indifferent um about them right um unfortunately not everyone is going to be like you who is possibly an animal lover and you know care and look out for the animals properly you know unfortunately it's just 
not like that in the world. So I hope to be able to share with you in the future some good news about these cats, like I said. Um, but uh, until then, all we can do is is be hopeful and, and spread the word to others about, again, what it means to prevent overcrowding, overpopulation, and to really take care of the pets you do have. And if you're planning on getting a future pet, please look into a shelter or an adoption facility first. And, and even older animals need love and support too, because they're usually all the fastest ones to be put down because they're older and people want pups and babies. Um, but the older animals do need love and also as do the ones who are possibly handicapped or, you know, they've um, suffered injury and they're not as um, able as some of the other animals. They still need love as well. So my friends, I hope you have a wonderful day wherever you are or evening if it is your evening time and rest up. And um, I hope to talk to you again quite soon. It's been a blast as usual. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to having a really good update. I hope, I hope, I hope, I really do hope um, to share with you uh, coming up. Take care.